One of the things we always tell folks who are captives thinking about becoming on the independent agency side is, look, there's a, there are some really legitimate business reasons why independent agencies get paid more uh, commission than captives, and, and it's because that they have to do more things for themselves. All right, so welcome everybody to another episode of Uncaptive Agent, where we're talking about the future of insurance distribution. I'm Tony Caldwell, and today is a beautiful fall day, both in Indiana and in Oklahoma on October 1st, 2021. And my guest today is Ted Paris. Ted is the executive director of the National Association of Professional Allstate Agents. And Ted and I have gotten to know each other over the last year or so as we've been visiting on the telephone about what's going on in the industry. And I just thought, Ted, that you would be a fascinating guest for, uh, for us to have on. So welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, uh, I appreciate the offer to get on and chat with folks. Uh, uh, my background in the insurance business, if we want to go there for a moment. Absolutely. Yeah, please. Be, uh, I started in my mid-30s in the insurance business uh, as a farmer's insurance district manager. I, I was actually silly enough to start a scratch district with no agents and no money, but uh, uh, I made it through farmers for almost 20 years, converted about 70 agents full-time status during that, uh, my 20-year, nearly 20-year uh, career with farmers. Um, after that, I figured it was more of a young man's game than an old man game, so I bought my first Allstate agency in 2005 after farmers. 2009, I bought a second one uh, and was fortunate enough to be able to merge those two together. 2012, I decided that I was ready to hang up and just play golf and and uh, run around the house and, and do gardening and that kind of stuff, but got rather bored. And about six months after I sold my agencies in 2012, uh, Allstate called up and asked me to take over another agency which I did, and then I finally sold my, that third agency in 2017, uh, and then Napa asked me to become the executive director. Uh, I don't know whether because they couldn't find anyone else or whether it was my 20-year background as a manager and my nearly 14 years background as an EA, owning multiple agencies. But, uh, you know, the greatest thing I enjoyed about being a farmer's district manager, that was more of a teacher and a coach and a mentor uh, than anything else. Um, and getting back into the position of uh, at Napa lets me get back to those roots where that, you know, most of my time is consulting and mentoring agents on what to do, what they shouldn't have done and, and, and how to go forward. So uh, that, that's where I stand at now. I've been doing this for a little bit over four and a half years and I enjoy it. Well, you know, we have a lot in common. Uh, obviously, my company, One Agents Alliance, a big part of what we do is mentoring and coaching, and, and we actually help people, uh, you know, create agencies from scratch. But as contemporaries, we had a similar path that you went on the exclusive agent or captive agent side. I've been an independent insurance agent and uh, for all of my career uh, and no longer really in the, in the agency business any longer either. So um, it's interesting because uh, in the last 25 or 30 years, we've been seeing the same industry from two different perspectives. And I always think perspective is interesting because uh, 
many years ago, I, uh, I got some photographs taken uh, on a family trip to England and uh, my wife was showing me the pictures and I was perplexed because there was a fellow standing down by this river wearing a coat just like mine. Uh, and he was holding the hands of my two children, but I didn't recognize him because that fellow was bald. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, my perspective is that I wasn't bald. And so anyway, it's interesting, you know, we, we don't always see things the same way just from where we stand. So, uh, and that's why I wanted to have you on today, because I think you share a unique uh, viewpoint on the insurance distribution industry, which is made up both of independent agents and captive agents and the carriers that uh, we mutually support. And so, you know, with that in mind, I'm just really curious as you look forward with the lens from where you sit at Napa, uh, as well as your background, what do you think the next five, maybe 10 years in insurance agency business looks like? And how's it going to be different than the way it is today? You know, a little bit of a history background and uh, when I first started in, in the mid eighties, um, the captive world was starting, had been, and was continued to take control of the personalized market. You know, when, when you would look at uh, the top four insurance companies, uh, which was State Farm, Allstate, Farmers and Nationwide held those top four positions since 1950, 1950, 1960, 1970, 1980, uh, and at that particular time, uh, you know, it's kind of going down. Those all changed now. But back in those days, the captive agents were so much involved in the personal lines, the personal auto, the home, that the independent agencies were focusing on small businesses and, and commercial accounts. Uh, now it seems like uh, the independent world is getting more and more of that uh, personal lines market back. Uh, plus, uh, the onset of the relentless advertising of the Geico's and progressives uh, in, you know, Century 21s and, I mean, I mean, 21st century, I mean, all these companies now are going direct is it's kind of squeezing out the captive agent's share of the personalized market. Uh, and most companies, you know, whether you're looking at, you know, um, uh, Allstate, and I do have to make my disclaimer here is that NAPA, which is the National Association of Professional Allstate Agencies, is not associated with Allstate in any way, manner, or form. I don't speak for them, and they can't speak for me, so we're totally different entities, uh, not, not joined anywhere together. I just want to make that, that clear. So when you ask what I think is going to happen in the future, as you see more and more people trying to do the do-it-yourself insurance and thinking that they can be smart enough and intelligent enough to go online and buy the right coverages at the right price and hope and pray that when the claim happens, they actually were correct. Uh, more of those people are gonna to go to independent, not independent, but to the direct channel. Uh, and then you got independents who are looking to take back some of the market share. So I, I think that the captive agency system is going to experience a, a decline. And you can always see, already see that at, um, at farmers. You, you can see it at Allstate. Uh, nationwide went completely uh, independent. Right. You, can see it as, uh, you can see it at American Family, even though they're not a national player, I mean, they're, they're a large regional-based company. You know, mm -hmm. lost probably half of their agency force over the few years. Uh, I just think that 
that the companies who, the captive companies have the opinion that the captive aging system is way too expensive for them to continue to operate. And most of that is their own undoing about having, you know, a manager report to a manager who reports to a manager who reports to a manager who reports to someone who actually does something. Okay. Don't want to be negative, but, you know, uh, out there, they were just top heavy on middle management, uh, top heavy on bureaucracy. Uh, and so it did become expensive. Uh, and so they have to do something to offset that. Uh, and, you know, Allstate went through and reduced their agency force, not their agency force, but their uh, employee force by almost 4,000 people last year. But they're still, they're still at 40,000 40, plus employees. You know, with, with 8,000 agencies, uh, agency owners, we're State Farm, who has almost 20,000 you know, are, are just right at 50. So a lot of the companies are still a little top heavy. Well, and so that's interesting. You know, uh, you made a couple of points. I want to explore just for a minute. So uh, I agree with you that the direct writing uh, or the, you know, the Geico's and progressives of the world, and, and they have a huge opportunity uh, moving forward because technology is making it easier and easier to distribute insurance electronically, uh, and they certainly are taking market share in personal insurance, both from the captive channel, but also from some smaller independents as well. Big challenge. Um, and uh, carriers clearly want to be in every channel. It's interesting to me, Allstate, as you know, uh, announced recently that they're interested in acquiring independent agencies, uh, not just having independent agencies represent them, which my organization does, and they're a great insurance company, uh, but to actually own independent insurance agencies. So it almost seems like uh, this is a, maybe the beginning point of some companies trying to get in different parts of the business than they've been in traditionally because they feel threatened in their traditional business. Do you see it that way or do you see something different? Uh, no, I, I would have to, to mainly agree with, with your uh, assumption there and your statement. Uh, you know, when I look at what Allstate is trying to do, you know, they, they, they're, you know, Geico is opening up new offices. And the reason Geico is opening up offices is they need a new sh channel revenue. Mm -hmm. so they're going the other direction. They're, they're, so, so they're going to keep expanding their direct, but they're also going to try to create this other channel that's going to bring in new revenue for them. Mm -hmm. Progressive has been pretty masterful about working with the independents uh, and then also going with their all state, with their progressive direct. You know, so, so I think they have room to still expand. Seems like Allstate has taken a little bit different approach, a little bit unique approach. And here it is. This is from my perspective, no inside information. But it looks like to me that as a corporation, they want to get one fourth of their business or some percentage of their business in the square trade, the warranty business, cell phone business. They want to get more and more business in their Allstate Direct, which, you know, used to be assurance. And now they've kind of modified that, merging that into Allstate Direct. And for, I think the first quarter, there's 29% of new business was generated by Allstate Direct. So they are getting that, that wrapped up. And then they also are out there buying independents and, and appointing more independent agencies. You know, they got their official IA contracts. You can have an independent Allstate contract. But they also offer those contracts to a lot of uh, aggregates, uh, a lot of uh, 
networking forums and cluster groups. You know, we have uh, this company out of North Carolina, Smart Choice, and Smart Choice got five, eight thousand agents or so that can write Allstate. And then recently, Allstate bought National General to do so. So I think they're kind of looking at it. You know, if we can have one third of our insurance business direct and one third with independence and one third with with uh, Allstate, they might be a little insulated from from too much exposure about change. So I, I, my personal opinion is Allstate is going to reduce and reducing uh, the the captive aging force, uh, and they're wanting to have larger agencies represent them uh, for economies to scale. So in, in terms of competitiveness at the uh, at the agent level, though, let's just shift gears for a second. Um, bearing in mind what, you know, you, you talked about um, the competitiveness in personal insurance and that's going on. Certainly also um, there's a there's a cloudy future for personal auto, which drives most of the premium and commission in the personal insurance business just because of technology and uh, some other things. So unclear how that's going to turn out, but it doesn't look uh, really favorable for agents from a commission standpoint going forward. Um, you know, with that in mind, you have, uh, you know, more people turning to commercial. So the, the weakness in personal lines is creating more competitors at the small end of the commercial market because again most smaller agencies don't write middle market and larger accounts um, how does that you know from your perspective how does that bode for the typical captive not just the all-state agent but the farmers american family state farm agent who's traditionally been a producer of personal insurance on whose carrier that they work for or primarily represent is also predominantly a personal insurance uh, carrier. So do those agents pivot, start selling commercial lines? Do their carriers pivot and get to be more expert in commercial lines? Or do they just lose market share and dwindle? Well, you know, uh, that, that's, a, that's a very good question uh, out there. Most of the captive companies uh, have commercial departments, uh, but but their, their risk aversion to most of them is high. Uh, so it, it's real difficult for a captive agent to be successful in competing uh, in the commercial markets unless their company has uh, agreements with other re with other commercial entities, which I know that uh, that Allstate does. Uh, so you can go into that market. Uh, the problem is 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 you know car insurance, while a complex product, is relatively simple to to for, to explain that concept. But when you get into commercial coverages, you've got to be educated. You got to be knowledgeable in what you're doing, or you get yourself into a whole world of of difficulties. You know the you know thing about you know doing bot policies. Okay, is that most of the coverages people need are in there, so you don't have some exposure. But to do a small manufacturing risk, or to do an over the truck, uh, over the road trucking company, or uh, a lot of these things are more difficult and more complex. Uh, and if you're good at it, then you can make a great deal of money. Uh, but you, most of the people who buy that insurance don't want to have on-the-job training for the agents that try to sell them something. Right. I, I think that between the auto market, which is still strong, but I understand self-driving cars and technology, and all this stuff is going to come on that they predict that, you know, in the future that the auto premium, that most 
captive agencies, you know, it's probably 65%, 70% of their income. Come uh, you know, they're going to they're gonna need to pivot for that and get that, and when that dwindles to 30% or 40%, uh, either they're going to have to be making less money or reducing expenses or finding another stream of revenue. Uh, and commercial is one of them, but it is more and more competitive. Uh, and the average, you know, captive agent who has not been involved in that market will, will find, I think, it difficult to get moving forward. So, so here's what I'm taking away from our conversation is that um, there's been a, a dwindling over time in the exclusive agent, captive agent ranks because of a variety of things up till now, but the future uh, for smaller agents in general is a little suspect just from the personal lines competition. <laughs> standpoint. There's going to be more competition in the small end of commercial space as people look for ways to you know, maintain their standard of living, their agency income and so forth. Uh, and the cost structures of, of, uh, of the typical direct riding captive carrier put them at a competitive disadvantage. So uh, with all of that in mind, uh, and, and you're, I know, deeply tied to, uh, to the exclusive agent channel with, with the Allstate agent in particular, but I mean, with all that in mind, do you see that the, is the, is the defection or abandonment, I would say, of the captive uh, channel from, from an agency perspective, is that going to accelerate over the next few years or is it just going to keep leaking the way it is now? Oh, I, I, I think anytime but you have a hole in the bottom of your bucket, the bucket, the hole gets bigger. Uh, so uh, as that hole gets bigger, it means more and more agents are going to be leaving. You know, at one time, I, it might have been 10 years ago when this statistic was out there, it's something like 70% of the uh, insurance agents are 55 plus, mm -hmm. uh, especially in the captive world. You know, so there's a challenge as those guys leave uh, and the company tries to replace them with younger people to go out there. And then at the same time, the market for the captive is shrinking somewhat, uh, then it's just going to make difficulty. So, you know, when you at one time had 15,000 farmers agents and one time 13,000 Allstate agents and uh, state farms have been pretty, and then it, you also had like 10,000 nationwide agents and, and like 5,000 American family. You know, now all those numbers are have shrunk down. You know, there's probably, at, at Allstate, my database shows there's 7,500 agents, but there's, you know, a little bit over 10,000 offices. So some of them own more than one. Sure. Uh, and at Farmers, I'm, I think they're down to around 10,000 agencies and, American families, it's been cut in half. It's just it's just a attrition, and the company is not actively replacing them like they used to in the past. Uh, and they're kind of looking to the agency to grow. Okay, so if you're a three million dollar agency, which is really nothing in the IA world, right? Uh, uh, that that three million dollar agency needs to get it. Need to get to six, and the six million dollar agency needs to get to twelve. You know, so I look at it as, as probably is that the average independent agent is usually larger than the average captive agent, but that captive agent is going to have to increase their, their market share and their size of their agency up to be able to afford the reduction in commissions. Because most companies are reducing commissions on auto. They're reducing commissions on renewals uh, and offering more money for new business uh, to offset that, 
But if you have a large agency and you lose 10% of 80% of your business, you got to write a whole bucket full of new business, no matter what the rate is, to offset your reduction in, in, in income. So is the, um, is the way forward for the survivors in the captive channel to just buy the guys that are bailing out? Uh, I mean, if, if product competitiveness is tough and market share is dwindling, uh, and the carriers themselves are, you know, not recruiting as many replacements for the people exiting. Is it just a question of buying up the, you know, the, the guys that remain till it's the last man standing or is there a future? Yeah, we used to, we used to call that building on bones. Okay. The bones of a failed agent before you. Right. Um, but I, but I do think that you're going to see a consolidation of agencies. I, I think that, you know, I don't want to be doomsday, but, the, the days back when we started in the 80s where you could have the mom and pop shop on on, on Main Street uh, and have have one lady working for you and they see you in the grocery store and you're the local insurance expert, uh, those days are dwindling fast. I mean, they're moving really, really quick out there. Where if, you, if you're not the scale where you can afford to continuing to do the advertising, uh, you know, especially with all the technology is good, all technology is bad now. I mean, with all the cell phone, no texting, no call lists, you know, I was fortunate in Indiana and Indiana laws are a little bit easier than, than, than the other states are on who you can call and who can call. But all those are putting more pressure, which means you got to have more and more leads because your closing ratio is, is, is going down as a captive which comes back to the advantage of the independent agent is you got this easy rater program out there that you put the information in all of a sudden you got eight different companies or 10 different companies, you know, shooting you a price. Uh, and if you're at an all state or a state farm or farmers, uh, you don't have that luxury. Your price has to be right. That and, and people will pay more than the cheapest, you know, no one price is not always the determination. It's, there's still a great number of people who want a personal relationship. There's still a great number of people who want to have advice. You know, when, when do you want your insurance cheap? You know, when you buy it or when you have a claim right. out there. And so all that makes a big difference. So there's still about, there's a number of people who want to do that. And uh, here again, even the younger folks, you know, millennials uh, are much more astute shoppers than, than some of us give them credit for because they do go on the internet, okay, and they do shop. Uh, and then they have a tendency to call to verify. Right. Uh, and if you can win them on that phone call, then you get them. If you don't win them, then they just buy online. Well, you know, you mentioned the comparative rater. And so that has been a boon to independent agency agents. And, and so the market share has actually shifted back over the last 10 or 15 years as, as both the carriers that had an increased appetite for personal insurance on the independent agency side of the distribution uh, and agents had an easier time to write it, but it did also, along with the direct writers, relentless advertising, drive us to a commodity business where uh, consumers are focused on price and in turn, agents focused on price. And we lost the traditional value proposition that you just talked about, which is the relationship and the personal advice. And, you know, maybe you don't need minimum limits. You need something different than that. One of the things that's happening now is that, you know, that, that kind of comparative rating system has eluded uh, the small commercial marketplace until now. Now there are uh, several carrier or companies rather in the marketplace providing comparative rating. Carriers are 
a little resistive to getting on board with that because they saw what happened to them with the personal lines comparative rating. Uh, but agents are demanding it. And, you know, it seems to me that that's the future over the next two or three years. And it actually disadvantages captives again, because now independence can much more rapidly, easily, and cheaply provide, you know, a multitude of options for, for small business consumers. So is that something that your members are concerned about with respect to their commercial books, or is it just a small enough part of their business they don't really worry about it? Well, it depends on what part of the company, the country, uh, you know, agents are in. Uh, no, you are, you are correct. Uh, the uh, the raiders do get companies out there to quote uh, at a different price. Uh, I would say that, you know, one defense of the captive system is that if you're an insurance novice, your only option to become an insurance professional was to go to a captive system mm -hmm. right? or go to work for a large independent agency and, and do your um, your service there until you got smart enough. Because the carrier is not going to let someone who's an unknown quality go out and have a contract right. with someone. So for, for a lot of people, they had to start the captive because that was the only way to get started in the business. And and when I was at Farmers and even at Allstate, I would tell people that it's a lot easier to get your foot in the door when you say, I represent Farmers, I represent State Farm, I represent Allstate versus representing some regional company that someone might not know of. Right. Country companies. So who's country, who's country companies? Well, country company is a very great company in Illinois. It's a Farm Bureau of, of Illinois. Right. Uh, but if you just moved in, you would not ha have no idea who country companies was uh, out there. So there was that part of the business where that you could easily get into the business. You had the training, you, you had the uh, backing, you had the claims, you had training, you had education. All those were good things that, that would lead you to want to go to the captive system. But some of those benefits that, that were there to get people there have sort of eroded uh, and you are right is that the the in the personalized market is going back more and more to the uh, independent channel mainly because other than state farm i mean I, I don't know of any of the capital companies are growing agencies anymore they're they're going backwards you know and, and i want to touch on that just for a second because you know as long as you and i have been in the business the issue on either side of the distribution uh, channel has uh, one of the big concerns of, of agency owners has been perpetuation because they, you know, have known, okay, I've got a great life and lifestyle, but to, to capture the future for my family and the value uh, that I've created here, I've got to perpetuate this business, sell it someday to somebody to capture the wealth that I've created. And, and traditionally in smaller insurance agencies in particular and in the captive channel often, uh, you know, you sold it to your son or your daughter, you know, you brought them into the business and you, and it's a second or third generation. Mm -hmm. I'm curious now, I mean, you've got thousands of members around the country. Um, do you see that ha happening at the same rate as say 10 years ago, or is that diminishing? Or no, yeah. you do not. Okay. You, you do not. Uh, and 10 years ago, it was still pretty common to bring kids and spouses, you know, your it, people in. Nowadays, uh, they go, wow, this is an ever-changing world. It's moving at warp speed. You know, here was the change today. What's going to be the change tomorrow? 
you know, and we all seem to think that change only occurs at our company, okay, which uh, we, we all know isn't true. It's a change, you know, it's changing everywhere, making it more difficult, um, you know, and then you have to do the risk reward about, okay, it was great for me. You got to read your tea leaves, or, you know, look at your cloud of crystal ball, crystal ball and say, hmm, what does the future bring? Um, you know, I, I think there's always going to be captive agents. Uh, I, I think that their market share of being captive is going to dwindle. Uh, and I think that, you know, when you look at what companies are doing, even State Farm has bought a couple other companies to do some other channels mm-hmm. uh, recently. And, you know, with, with Allstate buying Natural General and then getting more and more of the cluster groups, their ability to write Allstate and then doing their Allstate direct. Um, uh, it's To me, it's going to be one-third, 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 uh, where, you know, five years ago, 90% of the business from Allstate was written by captive agents. You know, and 20 years ago, it was 100% was written by captive agents. And, you know, probably today it's closer to 80, maybe even less. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen the latest figures. Okay, so less multi-generational agencies means really, at the end of the day, more pessimism on the part of agency owners about the future, frankly, because they don't want to bring their kids into something they're themselves unsure about. Um, And that makes sense to me. You know, I want to come back and talk, though, for a second about this bigness thing, because you've mentioned clusters and and aggregation groups, you know, which are taking place on the independent agency side. And the reason for that is really simple. It's that size has never mattered as much as it does today. And it sounds like, and and that's going to continue into the future, I believe. Carriers need to, you know, reduce their costs. They go to fewer places to get the business. It reduces their costs, increases their profitability. Um, And so they give advantages to those big groups. The same thing appears to be happening from what you said earlier um, in the exclusive agency channel where, you know, agents are selling to other agents who are getting bigger, have this drive and demand to get bigger. Uh, And I guess with um, reducing commissions, the only option you've got to maintain profitability or increase it is to cut expense, which usually means getting bigger. So uh, how do you see that taking place? You mentioned going from three to six, six to 12. Um, but just in terms of your own membership, what do you think in a decade? Is it is it half as many people with twice as much volume or is it going to not happen that fast? Oh, I, I think the companies are, are driving the speed. Uh, they're they're forcing the, the issue. They're forcing people to, you know, you know there's no more fence setters. I mean, you got to either determine yourself quickly, and I, I think quickly is the next couple three years in my mind. In the next couple three years, you, you need to determine whether or not you want to remain captive, uh, or uh, and if you do remain captive, you got to figure out how you're going to jump in, jump all in, uh, and, and go for it, uh, or whether you're going to try to write it out, which I think is a very bad station to try to write it out you know when we talked about the ages being over 55 years of age and, and that was a few years ago now you're talking about a whole bunch of people being over 60 okay uh and they thought they could easily sell their agency at a certain multiple or pass it on to their kids now all of a sudden 
those multiples are less than what they were. And then they don't know whether they want their family to maintain that legacy growth out there. So a lot of people got a lot of hard decisions to make going forward. Uh, and as you get older, time is not necessarily on your time. You can afford a mistake at age 50. You can't afford to make too many mistakes at age 60. Right. You just don't have the time to recoup your mistakes. Well, that's a really interesting point of difference, I guess, between uh, maybe the captive channel and the independent agency channel, because values have never been higher for independent agents and probably for a different set of reasons. So it, the same demographic factors is affecting uh, independent agencies. In fact, the, the, you know, the most recent statistics have been something like 50 to 70 percent are age eligible for retirement uh, in, employed in the system. That's owners, agents and, you know, support people over the next five years. And so where are the new people coming from? But the difference is that the private equity firms is, uh, and other large uh, players are gobbling up independent agencies at a rate and half over the last three to four years that have driven prices to all time highs. What's, what's interesting about the timing of that though is that's, that's in part driven by really low interest rates and we can't be guaranteed that that's gonna continue into the future. Part of it is just uh, PE firms, because of low investment rates, have had more money you know, coming their way as investors look for return. But the other thing, uh, and that's not likely to maybe continue at the same historically high rates that it has over the last five years. Um, but PE uh, firms also don't hold forever. They, they usually have a three to five year hold window, then they sell. So one of the things that's not getting talked a lot about in the independent channel is what happens in, uh, you know, today's 2021. So what happens in 2024, 25, 26, when a whole bunch of agency uh, production starts getting dumped back on the marketplace and do independent agency prices get depressed? So I guess what I'm saying is it sounds to me like we're moving like this. Independent agency values are coming up. Captive agencies are coming down. But, you know, I think that cap uh, independent agency prices are going to get depressed in the next few years just because of market forces. Um, but do do captive agency prices stay down or do they have a chance to ever come back when there's fewer agency owners? And I, I think I think they'll I think they'll inch back upward. OK, uh, uh, you know, when, when you there, there's been a, a ton of change at. Uh, at Allstate uh, and been a, a ton of agents being upset, disgruntled, you know, um, uh, and other agents are saying, hey, this is the greatest opportunity out there. You know, so it's kind of sort of way you look at, at the thing. If we're used to being the, the, the small shop with two or three employees uh, and, and your goal was to have a high retention and a low loss ratio, and you maximize whatever kind of bonuses you can get, uh, and you're concerned with with maintaining your agency versus growing your agencies, they have a different problem to look at than the guys who come in and say, well, I'm gonna go all in, uh, I'm gonna defer current income for future income, and I'm gonna build this, and then I'm gonna go invest, I'm gonna hire more staff and go forward. Um, uh, and the value that the agencies are being sold, multiples they're getting, really kind of depends upon how the agency has been run for the last three to five years. So if it's an agency that has been 
maintained for three to five years versus a growing agency. The growing agency is getting more money for selling when they sell than the one that's been maintained. Sure. And, you know, so I want to take you back to the beginning of your career when you were a uh, farmer's district manager and you said what you really did was you you trained, developed, mentored, and coached people. And, uh, you know, my observation is that newer agency owners uh, coming into the independent agency channel from the captive channel, uh, and and we've helped um, a couple of hundred uh, former captives start independent agencies. So, you know, from my perspective, the thing that they need the most isn't something to sell, which is where they usually come to us. They usually say, you know, I I need carriers. And the truth is, Carriers will give people contracts if you can fog a mirror today, uh, pretty much. Um, but what they really need is coaching, mentoring, um, training on how to really be great business people because it's a tougher business than it used to be. And it sounds like what, you know, uh, you and I are kind of saying the same thing, which is you got to be a, into the future, a better and better business person, not just a better insurance agent to be successful. Is that kind of what? I hear you saying, you know, back in the eighties and nineties, we would hire people to be insurance agents. We don't want to, you're going to be, you're going to own your own business, but you're going to be an insurance agent. You're an insurance agent. You're an insurance agent. You're an insurance agent. And if you were growing, you didn't ever have to worry about managing the bottom line because as you grew and as inflation was hitting, you had more and more income. So you could make mistakes all day long. Uh, my, about five years ago, when I took us over, one of the first things I did with, with, with our members and say, you are not an insurance agent. You are a small business owner who specializes in selling insurance products. So you're not an insurance agent anymore. You're a business owner. And as a business owner, you need to make sure that you have your budget. You need to make sure you have your goals and you need to make sure that you can change those and you can pivot to make our opportunities available for you. You're just not someone who sells auto and home. Call people up and say, hey, I hope you renew. I hope you still love me. Uh, so if you're not a business person first, you're not going to belong to the world. Go well, sounds like you and I uh, have been on the same page for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and that we still are. I'm just curious. I mean, with that message to your members, uh, how has it been received? You know, most of them understand, uh, and, and most of them uh, very receptive. Uh, the um, more tenured ones say yes, 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 uh, but they're slow to act, mm-hmm. okay? Because they're not forced to act. They're still comfortable where they're at. Sure. Uh, and until someone makes them move off of that, off of that stump, they're going to they're gonna be there. Uh, but most of them, I think over the period of the, the almost five years I've been here is that, you know, I remember that when I, you know, I hear again, I was a manager for a long time when I first became an Allstate agent, uh, the sales manager or whatever you call them, they, they, they've changed names quite often, would come to me in, in January and, and tell me, well, do you have your business plans? Have you started your business plan yet? And I look at him, I go, it's January. Well, well, you'll do my business plan for next year? Right. Because if I haven't done my business plan in the third quarter, fourth quarter for the next year, then I'm already, I'm already done. I, I don't, I'm going to fly by my seat. Right. 
And so we've always preached to business plans. If if you're an agent out there today with a captive company or an independent company, what are your trends? What are you going to plan for next year? You got to have, and then maybe I got this because I used to work for Woolworths when I was right out of college. And I, and I always found it really difficult to understand at first why I was ordering back to school supplies in December. Right. <laughs> okay. There you go. There you go. Well, so you, as an insurance agent, you really need to be thinking a couple seasons ahead as well. So if your plans are not already set or you're not working on your plans, and this is October 1st, you're almost too late. You really need to get out there. So as a business owner, okay, you owe it to your family and to employees, okay, and to, to your clients that you're preparing for the future and you're gonna have contingency plans on how to move forward uh, and, and if it's going to be that you're going to be faced with reduced renewals, then you need to figure out a way to offset that loss of income, you know, you with reduced expenses, or that loss of income with additional more new business at the, you know, at the higher rate of new business to maintain that you, that you're going to maintain your agency. Uh, and failure to do so, you're just, you're sending the message that, that you're going to fail. You know, so Jeff Bezos, I think, is now the richest man in the world. Certainly, he's running uh, what's arguably the biggest and most complex organization in the world. And I heard recently, you know, on an interview with him that he made the comment that, you know, he's going to make 25 or 30 decisions this year. Okay, so he's limiting and, and saying no is much more important than saying yes, frankly, to growing. And, and he said, but, you know, the decisions he's making are things that aren't going to happen for three to five years. So 100% of his focus on a fairly small number of things is all out there in the future because he knows he cannot impact Amazon's uh, top or bottom line for 2022 with his decisions today. And so, you know, with that in mind, uh, you know, business people, depending on the size and complexity of their business, need to be living at some point in the future. That's why we're talking about the future of insurance distribution here in the hopes that, you know, agents will understand, hey, I, I got to be living in 2023, 24, preparing for that if they want to build successful businesses. So you're saying exactly the same same thing. And I think it's uh, well put and, and very wise. Um, do you do things with your members to uh, get them to plan two, three, four, five years in advance? Or is it mostly focused on the next 12 to 18 months? Well, we, 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 Normally, I don't want to use the word preach, okay? Uh, but uh, we, we do a weekly newsletter to our members, and then we do a bi-weekly newsletter to our non-members. So all the Allstate agents hear from us at least twice a month, okay? And then we also have an Allstate Facebook page that people can participate. And we have a large number of people on agents who participate on that on a regular basis. Uh -huh. uh, I will continually be putting out there in October, November, December, what are your one, three, and five-year plans? Okay. Okay. Uh, Allstate does one, five, three, you know, one, three, five, and 10-year plans. Okay. So when they tell you, oh, we're going to make a change, that change was done two years ago or three years ago. They know exactly what they're going to do. Uh, and my big complaint with captive companies and, and probably even the independents, I might have played in that, in that arena, is that at the end of the year, the company saying, here's what, here, here's our goals for next year. 
So you have three or five days to respond, okay, on something they've been planning for three or five years. Uh, yeah, we're getting ready to go into planning season in the next couple of months, you know, with carriers. And it's, it's always, uh, you know, uh, it, it's interesting to find the common ground because the truth is, uh, you know, they're only sharing the tip of the iceberg with you and vice versa. But, uh, uh, you know, Ted, this has been a really interesting conversation. I, I think that uh, you've said a couple of things that I just want to highlight, and then I want to give you a second to make sure everybody that uh, may want to tap into some of the resources you have knows how to reach you. And I know that even, you know, there's there's things that even uh, people on the other side of the, of the aisle, so to speak, could use in the independent side. But, you know, uh, just to end on a positive note, I think I heard you earlier say in, in our conversation, look, there's always going to be a captive channel, an exclusive channel. That's, that's going to continue. It's going to be different, uh, but it's going to be out there. And that's an optimistic assessment that and, and almost everyone that I have on our, our podcast is optimistic about the role of the agent captive or independent in the lives and businesses of their customers, because not everybody wants to deal with an algorithm. So you've confirmed that today, and I think that's great uh, that it's different and that your organization is there to support the folks who want to stay on the captive side, at least with Allstate, the exclusive agent side with Allstate. Um, how does somebody reach you and get hooked up with, with the resources that you have to offer if they want to do that? Uh, well, my email address is uh, ted.paris at napaausa.org. So it's ted.paris at napausa.org. Our, our webpage is www.napausa.org. Uh, if they have an urgent need, uh, my cell number is 812-605-1237. You are a brave man. You just gave your cell phone away. Well, that's, well, hey, I hope that anybody who wants to have a TED Talk will uh, take that number and we will put it on, uh, you know, down here on the, on the website where, the, where, the, uh, uh, where this is published so people can get it and it'll also be on the screen. So it should be up there now uh, so that people can get a hold of you. And Ted, I really appreciate um, today. I've enjoyed our conversation. I've enjoyed our earlier conversations this year and I hope we'll do it again. Okay. Thank you, Tony. I'm talking to independent agency owners about this all the time. If you'd like to have a more personalized conversation, click on the button or the link in the description and we'll make that happen. You can also reach out to me at tonycaldwell.net slash contact.